Welcome to the teachings of Pastor Mike Yost of the Springs Calvary Chapel in Habern, Idaho. Please join us as we study the Word of God. Christmas Day. When was that? December 25th? We don't really know. <laughs> we don't know the weather. We don't know a lot. But what we do know can be found in the Gospel of Luke. We're going to be studying through chapter 2, verses 1 through 20 this morning. Lord Jesus, I pray that as you uh, open your word, you'll open our hearts. Help us to see Christmas then and help us to see Christmas now. In Jesus' name. Luke 2, verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing, governing in Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee to the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. <laughs> that's, that's the Christmas story then, 2,000 years ago. You can imagine the world news, right? The Jerusalem Post headlines of the day. Cities overwhelmed by migrating crowds. You could compare that to world news now, 2022. El Paso Times headline. Cities overwhelmed by migrating crowds. <laughs> Is this how you think of Christmas then and Christmas now? Where's the magic? It can seem inconvenient. Where's the fun? It can seem not fair. Where's the traditions? <laughs> we don't have time for this. For Joseph and Mary, it was not the holiday season that they were accustomed to. Should it have fallen in December? They would have been expecting a joyous eight-day Hanukkah fest with family and friends and food and gifts. Instead, the betrothed couple, being legally married, but not yet having consummated their marriage, now face the humiliation and scandal of Mary being pregnant and Joseph wasn't the father. Back then, according to Jewish law, Mary could have ended up being stoned to death for her infidelity. Not to mention that this would now be Mary's second trip away from home during her nine-month pregnancy. Luke has recorded in chapter 1 that after the angel Gabriel told Mary that she was with child by the power of the Holy Spirit, Mary went to visit her Aunt Elizabeth, who was also miraculously pregnant in her old age with a son who would grow up to be Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. Back then it would have been an 85-mile walk to Zacharias's and Elizabeth's home in Encarim in the Judean hills, and then an 85-mile walk back home to Joseph and the family in Nazareth. Nowadays, that would be like a young, pregnant teenager walking from Hayburn to Glens Ferry and then walking back again. Imagine a young, 
pregnant teen girl with questions filling her heart about her uncertain future. Not to mention, you can imagine that she's probably also dealing with morning sickness, sore feet, back pains, and on top of all that, some strange cravings for curds and honey. <laughs> this is the story, right? You, it's not hard to imagine. And Joseph, wondering what, mu- what this must mean, learns that now he must travel 90 miles south to Bethlehem with his pregnant wife, who's to, due to deliver any moment to the city of his ancestors, the most famous of which is the great King David, all because a foreign tyrant king in far-off Rome mandated that he must be registered and taxed to pay down the empire's debt. That was then. Or is that now? So, for the holidays, Joseph and Mary, shamed and shunned, must leave home to join the migrating caravans. How inconvenient. Going two and a half miles per hour walking for eight hours a day, it would take them approximately eight days. <laughs> Where's the magic in that? How unfair. Nowadays, it's about a two-hour car ride. <laughs> Not to mention, there's no mention of a donkey in the Bible. Where's the traditions? Verse 7, or verse 6 and 7, I should say. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We know the story, no room in the inn. Or do we know the story? It's the source of our Noche Buena Christmas tradition, you know, where people gather uh, as they go from house to house and the crowd grows larger and larger till they finally get to their pre-designated destination and at midnight they start feasting and partying and celebrating the birth of Christ. Fun traditions, but... The word in here, no room in the inn, is not the Bethlehem Hilton, okay? It comes from a word that describes a guest room or a lodge, but even a campground. And by today's standards now, you could almost translate that into a truck stop along I-84, Bethlehem was overrun because of the caravans of migrants looking for a place to stay, and certainly no one in Bethlehem would want to defile their home by having some immoral strangers or distant relatives from out of town stay with them. Meanwhile, Mary's in labor. No hospital, no delivery room, no midwife, just a stable, a cave, a sheepfold, and a manger, literally a feed trough for livestock. Now, Joseph and Mary had been told by the angel that their baby would be special, the Holy One, the Son of God, destined to rule on the throne of David. So I can imagine that at this point they might be thinking, really? A uh, manger? 
we were expecting something more. Can you believe this? Yet God had spoken through the prophet Micah 700 years earlier, saying in Micah 5.2, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler of Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. I don't think it's an accident that the name Bethlehem in Hebrew means house of bread. Jesus would say in John's gospel in chapter 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus is the bread of life, born in Bethlehem, the house of bread, and placed in a manger, a feed trough for all who hunger and thirst. Can you believe this? This is the true Christmas story. Jesus Christ is God with us, Emmanuel, becoming flesh like us, born like us, who dwelt among us, and experienced real life with us. A world filled with tyrant kings, corrupt governments, and displaced people separated from families, lost and lonely, in the dark, without the comfort of a roof over their head, or a pillow, or a bed? Does this describe how you like to celebrate Christmas? Does it sound more like a blessing or a curse? When you think of it, <laughs> I'm grateful that we don't celebrate our own birthdays, just like the day we were born, <laughs> with labor and crying, surrounded by strangers, Wearing only our birthday suits? <laughs> I like to celebrate with parties, gifts, fun, food, games. But none of these are the most important thing about birthdays. The most important thing about birthdays is that we were born, we're alive, and we are living our life. And that is the most important thing about Jesus' birth. That God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that whoever would believe in Him, whoever would hunger, whoever would thirst for the bread of life would not perish but have everlasting life by being born again of His Holy Spirit. Can you believe it? Do you believe it? This is the meaning of Christmas. In John's Gospel in chapter 3, we read that there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. In other words, he was a very good, very religious man. And that this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. He knew all about Jesus' reputation, but that Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You see, being very good, 
being very religious, knowing all about Jesus, won't get us into heaven. This is the gift of Christmas, that we may be born again. This is the message of Christmas, that we must be born again. The Son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. This is the true way to celebrate the true message of Christmas. It is to receive the Holy Spirit of Christ born into your soul, to be made alive in Christ, and to live alive in Christ, to be born again into everlasting life. It was true then, and it's true now. Even in a world of trials, temptations, tribulations, inconvenience, indifference, injustice, we can receive Christ's incarnation into our hearts. That is how we truly celebrate Christmas. But don't worry, we still get to have a party. Verse 8, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Good news, great news, peace on earth, peace in my heart, peace with God. Then, as now... These glad tidings were for all people. But did you notice? Who were the first to hear the good news? Simple, humble shepherds. Most people look down on shepherds. They're dirty, smelly, poor reputations. Now, that might describe some of us before we heard about Jesus. <laughs> but God chose to tell them First, common, uncultured, lonely shepherds. God sent the angel out to where they were and met them there, alone, in the dark. Maybe God's speaking to you right now, privately, alone, in your heart. God loves you. God cares about you. God wants to live in peace in you. Verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now... When they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. 
But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard as it was told them. When the shepherds heard that God loved them, that God had sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be their savior, just like the Bible promised, they went to investigate to see if it was really true. You see, the birth of Jesus isn't really the beginning or the end of the Christmas story. The same Bible that foretold that God would send his eternal son to be born into the world also tells that Jesus was born to die for the sins of man, yours and mine. The babe they found wrapped in swaddling cloths would be nailed to a cross, crucified, buried, to pay the penalty for all of our sins. And he would rise from the grave three days later to prove that his promise is true, that all who call on Jesus for forgiveness of their sins and receive his gift of eternal life will be born again of his Holy Spirit and live alive with him in heaven forever. This is the message of Christmas then and now. Now, if you're following along with me in the Bible, you will see that verse 17 says, Now, now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. When the shepherds saw that what the angels and the Bible said was really true, they told everyone they saw. If you have been listening, you have heard the true message of Christmas. If you have seen that the Christmas message is about the birth of Jesus and about Jesus being born in your heart, I want to ask you to respond now, just like the shepherds did then. Now, like the shepherds, now that you have heard, now that you have seen, now is the time to say so. Now is the time to tell others what you have seen. Start by telling God. Pray. That is, talk to Him like He's really listening. Because He is really listening. And ask Him now for His Christmas gift. Ask Him now for His Son, Jesus Christ. Ask Him now for His salvation. Ask Him now for His Holy Spirit. Ask Him now for His love, His hope, His joy, His peace. Like Joseph, like Mary, like the shepherds 2,000 years ago, the real Christmas, the true Christmas, Christmas 2022, comes to a world reeling from scandal and social unrest, government corruption, unjust mandates, mass migrations, homelessness, inconveniences, struggles, disappointments, discouragements, and like Joseph, like Mary, like the shepherds then, now, this Christmas, 2022, we can keep and ponder in our hearts our Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and glorify and praise God for all the things we have seen and heard just as it was told us. Amen? Amen. 
Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about the Springs Calvary Chapel, please visit our website at www.thespringscalvarychapel.org. Join us in person at the Springs in Hebron, Idaho, or here on the podcast as we worship together in spirit and in truth.